You're listening to the Spooniepreneur Podcast, the show that helps you learn how to pay the bills, find a sense of purpose, and build a life-first business. I'm your host, Nicole Neer, and on this podcast, I am taking you behind the scenes to show you what it really looks like to be an entrepreneur living with chronic illness. If you are a Spooniepreneur or thinking about starting a business, you are in the right place. Hey, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Spooniepreneur Podcast. I feel like every time I sit down to record another episode, so much has happened in my life. I've been recording these episodes usually about two weeks apart, and a lot can happen in two weeks, especially when you are doing as much as I am to build a business and doing all of the the business work certainly, but also the mindset work that goes along with it. And I will be honest, for the last couple of weeks, up until really a few days ago, I have been feeling pretty stuck in the process. Uh, I would go to sit down and work on building copy for a sales page or working on some deliverables for my VIP experience and I would just sit there and look at the document and not be able to write. Like no coherent thoughts were coming out of my mind. And I started feeling super frustrated. Like every time I would sit down at my computer, it would be like, why am I even doing this? Like I'm not doing anything that I'll ever be able to use. And I know personally when I get that way, the The trick to getting through it is actually not to just force myself to work on it, but it's to take a break. And for the last few months, I've been really wanting to get away and go somewhere and just get out of the house and just be by myself in some quiet. I didn't quite know where. So about a week ago, uh, it was a Sunday morning, I woke up and I went into Facebook and saw a cousin of mine had traveled to this cute little town in Michigan called Frankenmuth. And Frankenmuth is, they call themselves Little Bavaria. They have amazing German food, lots of German influences in the architecture. Um, and they also are known for having the world's biggest Christmas store. Yeah, it's huge. Um, and I'd never been. It's about four hours from my house. And it was like, you know what? I'm going to go to Frankenmuth this week. I'm just going to Um, go, get away, eat some good food, do some Christmas shopping. Um, And so I did. I, you know, went on Airbnb on Sunday and booked an apartment to stay in for the next day and left Monday afternoon, (laughs) which I've literally never done before. But I just really needed to get away because the depression and the anxiety that come along with that feeling of feeling stuck, they were just starting to get overwhelming. Um, I was just feeling so much fear. I didn't even know how to take the next step because I was just so paralyzed. And I knew that I needed to do something to snap myself out of it. And this seemed like a really good thing to try. Um, I'm incredibly lucky, totally recognize that, uh, to be able to do that. I was able to do this, number one, because I had changed my business model so much over the last few months that I didn't have a lot of projects I needed to work on. I just had day-to-day business stuff that I could do in an hour or two a day. I made the decision to not work at all on the new business. I was just going to take a step back from all of the work and development I had been doing. 
just so that I could make space for the work. Um, I have learned that you need to slow down to speed up sometimes. And I feel like the last few months have been a continual process of just slowing down and getting clear and being deliberate and also honoring what my body needs in the process. I think the first time that I built my business, I felt like it was a lot of trial and error, a lot of trying to keep up, and my body didn't do so well with that. And so this time, as I was going through this process, I really decided that I wanted to be kinder to my mind and my body and just do things at a speed that felt like they were right for me while still always making forward progress. So I had a really great trip. Um, I ate a lot of food. I did some shopping. I rested a whole lot. (laughs) Uh, And really the only issue I had while I was gone was I had a billing issue with a client. Um, Money is an area of my business that I have some hard and fast boundaries around. So I was like five years ago when I started building my business, I was not as emphatic, I guess, about getting invoices paid and getting them paid on time. And I had a client who I knew had been having some cash flow issues and their invoice, you know, was overdue. And at this point I had been billing after the fact, meaning that I had done the work and then billed for it. And the client said, I don't have the money right now, but I'll have the money in a week and I can get it to you. Is that okay? And I said, yeah, that's fine. Just when you have the money, pay the invoice, it'll be okay. And the client ghosted me. They, I didn't hear from them. I couldn't get in contact with them and they owed me a lot of money. <laughs> and I was out all that money, I never got it back. And I realized that I couldn't be nice when it came to paying invoices. Like I needed to have some hard and fast boundaries around it. So I switched my billing model to pre-selling my hours, meaning that when people work with me, when they work with our agency, they pay in advance for the hours that they're going to use and there's a minimum number of hours that they have to uh, buy. It's 20 hours is the minimum, which is about five hours a week. And they have to pay that at the beginning of the month. Um, And if they don't pay that by the seventh of the month, we stop work on their projects until it's paid. And this clause is in our contracts. It's made very clear upfront that this is the way it's going to be. And once I changed the model, really, I didn't have a whole lot of problems with it. Now, certainly I've had clients who have, you know, cash flow issues or something that's come up where they can't pay the invoice on time. And we always work with them. You know, it's, do you need to go on a payment plan? Do we need to bump your hours down this month? Or do we need to maybe even skip a month and come back next month and reevaluate? You know, we talk about how that's going to look, but because we're pre-selling, there's a little bit of, there's a little bit of wiggle room there. Now, for me, if a client doesn't pay their invoice and That's a bigger issue if we're not having those conversations. And that's what happened uh, when I was in Michigan. And it's actually the first time in five years it's ever happened where I had a client just kind of disregard the invoice um, and kind of not respond to my emails and the reminders. Like it just, it's the first time I've ever had it happen. So I had to send an email. I was getting ready to come home um, last Thursday and I had to send an email to this client because the invoice was overdue saying, you know, we're stopping work on your contract, on your projects until the invoice is paid. And I heard nothing from the client. (laughs) 
Um, you know, I sat for lunch and checked my email and and nothing. So that was really the only the only speed bump, <laughs> I guess, of the trip. But to me, it's it's an important boundary. Um, you know, I have boundaries, a lot of boundaries, really, in my business, and some of them change over time. Like, for example, for a long time, one of my hard and fast boundaries was that I only worked from 9 to 5 Eastern Standard Time, Monday through Friday. I didn't work nights. I didn't work weekends. I wasn't available for that to clients at all. Now, maybe sometimes if I wasn't feeling great, I might do some client work on a Saturday or Sunday, but I never let them know what was happening. Uh, I didn't talk to them during the weekend. It was I was not available to them. And now I have clients who were on the West Coast, meaning that there's a three-hour time difference. And it doesn't make sense for me to say I'm going to stop work at 5 p.m. because that's the afternoon for them. And so my boundary is a little bit looser now. Now it's, you know, I stop usually around 8 or 9. I won't be available. Um, doesn't mean that I work all the time in the evenings, but it just means I'm available for questions and things like that. Those boundaries, I think, change over time based on what season we're at in our lives or what our clients need. But for me, money is a non-negotiable boundary. And that's really because I believe that money is energy. Sometimes I think we give a lot of, uh, we give a lot of our money hangups. We project it onto money itself. But really, it's just a form of, of currency. It's just a form of energy. To get what we want, we trade our money or this energy for value, for the value of something else, right? You have this equal energy exchange. It's a give and it's a take. And I believe everything really has energy. And if you're a Spoonie, which you probably are because you're listening to this podcast, you know that everything has energy. Everything takes a little bit from you. You know, every spoon that you use you're trading that spoon for the thing that you want to do. And sometimes it's worth the spoons and sometimes it's not, right? Because everything has energy. The same is true for money. And so for me, it's really important that there's that equal exchange of energy with the money. And so it's a hard and fast boundary for me. Um, And I believe that there are things that happen that block that energy, right? So uh, things like fear, anxiety, health issues, right, impact the number of spoons that we have. Same is true with money. Um, it's possible to block the flow of that money if you've got these. If you've got somebody who's not wanting to pay their invoice, right, then it doesn't feel equal. It causes issues in the relationship with that client. Um, so that's really important to me, and that's why that's one of the, the hard and fast boundaries that I have. So that was really the only thing that happened while I was gone. And I got in the car and I was driving back to Ohio, you know, where I live. And I decided that I was going to listen to one of my favorite books, which is Big Magic by Elizabeth Gilbert. I have probably talked about the show, talked about the book on the show before. Um, I feel like every time I'm doing something big in my life or business, I go back and I revisit Big Magic. And this time I decided to listen to it on audiobook. So I you know, put it on in the car. And one of my favorite parts is actually at the beginning of the book. And Elizabeth Gilbert, and if you're not familiar with Big Magic, it's really a book about creative living, what it means to bring forth what she calls these hidden treasures that the universe kind of 
berries within us, taking, you know, how to bring those to life, how to live a creative life beyond fear. And one of my favorite parts about the whole book is when she's talking about fear. And I think a lot of the time, especially I think when you're an entrepreneur, there's a lot of emphasis on being fearless. And Liz says, and I agree, that I don't think that you really should be fearless. I think that it's more how to do things even when fear is there. And so in Big Magic, Liz really talks about the fact that fear has to be part of the equation. Along with you, along with creativity, fear has to be there too. Um, And so she has this there's this amazing part, and I'm actually going to read it to you word for word because I, trying to sum it up, I just, there's no way I can. So this is from Big Magic, but I, I want, I think it's really important for everyone to hear, so I'm going to make you listen. So uh, Liz says, I even have a welcoming speech prepared for fear, which I deliver right before embarking upon any new project or adventure. It goes something like this, dearest fear. Creativity and I are about to go on a road trip together. I understand you'll be joining us because you always do. I acknowledge that you believe you have an important job to do in my life and that you take your job seriously. Apparently, your job is to induce complete panic whenever I'm about to do anything interesting. And may I say, you are superb at your job. So by all means, keep doing your job if you feel you must. But I will also be doing my job on this road trip, which is to work hard and stay focused. And creativity will be doing its job, which is to remain stimulating and inspiring. There's plenty of room in this vehicle for all of us, so make yourself at home. But understand this, creativity and I are the only ones who will be making any decisions along the way. I recognize and respect that you are part of this family, and so I will never exclude you from our activities, but still, your suggestions will never be followed. You're allowed to have a seat, and you're allowed to have a voice, but you are not allowed to have a vote. You're not allowed to touch the roadmaps. You're not allowed to suggest detours. You're not allowed to fiddle with the temperature. Dude, you're not even allowed to touch the radio. But above all else, my dear old familiar friend, you are absolutely forbidden to drive. Whew, man, it it just completely reshapes how you think about fear, right? Fear is going to be there. You can't stop fear from telling you, whipping up all this drama around you. But you can say, I'm not going to... You know, I'm not really going to pay attention to what you have to say, right? I'm not going to let you determine the way that I'm going to go in this project. Like, you're not allowed to drive. And I realized in that moment that I had been allowing fear to drive everything that I had been doing. That the fact that I was feeling so paralyzed, the fact that I couldn't do anything in my business without it feeling like a massive struggle was really just the fact that I, fear was firmly in the past in the driver's seat I wasn't even sitting in the passenger seat I was like in the back seat I was just so paralyzed by fear and I realized oh man oh man I have to get back in the driver's seat and I just felt 
do you ever have, if you ever had that moment when you just feel everything shift, like it's such a visceral thing, you feel it in your body, right? You just kind of, I just felt this tingling in, in my head and I just, I could just feel all the energy shift, all the tension just faded away. And I was just able to take a deep breath for the first time in a really long time. Uh, I probably should not have been driving while this was happening. If I was a rational person, I would have pulled over. But thank God I was on a road that I have driven many, many times. Uh, driving down the road, having this, you know, spiritual experience. But I just felt like, oh, this is the reason I needed to go. This is a reason that I needed to just clear all of that gunk out so that I could come back and look at everything with new eyes. And I also know that when these shifts happen, it allows the universe to also shift uh, how it supports us in different situations, right? And I love that uh, we're having this conversation right after the, you know, last episode where we talked a lot about manifesting, because I said, you know, manifesting, you can't say exactly what you want to happen because that will never happen. It will absolutely never look the way that you want it to look. (laughs) And that was very, very true. So I also told you last episode that I am a manifesting generator, which means that once the energy shifts, once things are in alignment, they happen very, very quickly. Um, And so I got home, you know, this all happened when I was about an hour and a half away from home. And I got home and just picked up my phone to take it into the house with me and looked down and there was a message from the client who I had stopped work on their projects. And there was a glitch in the system. It was causing some headaches. And I had a decision in that moment. It was, am I going to stand by my boundaries? Is this the hill that I'm going to die on, right? Or do I say, no, it's fine. Pay me when you can. And let me go in and fix this issue for you. And I knew through past experience that when you give on one boundary, people expect you to give on all of them, and they will probably push you on that boundary again. And because money is such a hard and fast boundary, I knew in my gut that I had to tell this client, I'm so sorry, I feel terrible about this, but until the invoice is paid, I cannot, I cannot move forward with helping you with this. And I see it also from the client's perspective, um, where you have this issue in your business, it's causing you a lot of headaches, and the person who is equipped to help you is telling you no. (laughs) Um, And that is very frustrating, right? So for both of, in both situations, we are both coming at it with a lot of frustration. And I also knew when I told this client no that this was probably going to end the business relationship, and it did. Within an hour of that conversation, the client said, we're done. I I don't want to work with you anymore. I've also never had that happen where a client just said, nope, you know, no conversation, nothing, bye. Um, But this had been a relationship, this client had been a relationship that was hard. Um, Some times when you're doing a service-based business, you have clients that you just click and it just feels really great with and you enjoy working in their business. And some clients, you just have to work a little harder for it. Maybe the personalities don't align. 
maybe the kind of work they're doing isn't, or the kind of work that they need isn't necessarily aligned with, with you. Um, but in most cases, you make it work because there's nothing there that's that uh, annoying or egregious that you don't want to work with them. And that was certainly true with this client. Uh, it's certainly not the way that I wanted this relationship to end. I, I feel really awful about it, but I stand by the decision that I made. And in the moment when it was happening, I just, your knee-jerk reaction is to be so fearful. I mean, this was a significant client. It's a lot of money every month that is just not going to be there now. And there's no preparation for it. Um, it's scary. And, and the knee-jerk reaction that we have is to spiral into, oh my gosh, I have to go out and find another client. And oh my gosh, what if this new business doesn't work and I don't get any people to do these VIP days with me and I'm stuck and I'm not making enough money to pay my bills and fear just spirals all around us, right? But I just had this profound moment where I realized I could not let fear be in the driver's seat. And this was the first test of that. Right. And so I did what what you have to do in these situations, which is just to surrender in, to the moment. Let yourself feel how you need to feel. Right. There there was frustration. There was sadness. There was anger. Um, all of those things. I just let myself feel all of those things. But I also just realized that I needed to surrender to whatever needs to happen, because I know through the process of doing this many times, that there's something even better on the other side of this. We have to clear out energy to make room for new and even better things. And I know that the universe always has my back in this process, so I have to just surrender and let what happens happen because it's going to be in my highest and best interest. And this is not an easy thing to do. The first time I did it, I, I don't even know how I did it <laughs> because the act of surrendering in that moment instead of panicking is totally the opposite of what you feel like you need to do. But that's what I'm doing. Uh, and I think that this is where most businesses fail because we give up in that moment. We take it as a sign that what we're doing is going to fail. And it's just, we use it as evidence and we think, oh, this is never going to work. I need to just change my strategy. I just need to give up and move on. And we give up before the magic happens because the process is so difficult. But this is also why I believe that as Spoonies, we are amazing entrepreneurs because we do not give up when it's hard. We are used to hard. We are used to persevering when it feels like it's hopeless, right? We just do the next best thing, the next right thing, and we move on. And honestly, I, I don't know what my next steps are. Um, I know that I'm showing up and I have renewed interest in the things that I'm working on my business. I'm able to sit down and do work and feel excited and passionate about it in a way that I wasn't. I know that there have been amazing uh, opportunities that have already crossed my desk and I've had some amazing conversations with entrepreneurs that I really respect and in who I think would be amazing assets to have in my corner as I'm building this business. Uh, all of those things have happened but I, I don't know what it's going to look like down the line. I'm surrendering. I am being thankful for the fact that 
stepping away from that client means I have even more bandwidth to do things in my business. Uh, so I'm not as stressed because I know that this process is going to work itself out. It doesn't mean that you just stop doing what you're doing. Surrender is not about stopping motion, but surrender is about saying, I am just going to do the next thing that I need to do and the next thing and the next thing and trust that my intuition, that the universe is going to guide me to the next thing and everything is going to work out even better than I thought it would. And that's manifesting. That's what it looks like in practice. Not easy, super hard. There are still moments when I uh, look at the financials for the business and know that that money is not coming in and you know, fear is over here jabbering in my, my ear saying, what are you going to do? Like, you need to just go out and find a client. And how are you going to make this work? It's all there. It's not like it's not there. But I recognize that there's something bigger at work. And I can say to fear, dude, like, you're not allowed to touch the radio. <laughs> you're not allowed to tell me where we're going. Like, I'm going to figure it out. This creative process you know, creativity is going to help me figure it out, but you are not. And it's just such a mindset shift. It was an important reminder. I hope that uh, it was an important reminder for you too, that when we let fear in the front seat, we stop ourselves from the big magic that's just waiting to happen. Uh, so that's, that's where I'm at this week. Um, I'm just sitting over here uh, working on sales page copy and finding referral partners and uh, just doing a whole lot of marketing, getting ready for the rollout of all of this. And of course, you know, uh, next episode, I will be telling you how it's going. So that's it for today's episode. But I'm always going to remind you this. Remember that we can do hard things if we take it one step at a time. Bye for now. Thank you so much for listening. If you're looking for show notes from this week's episode or want to build a toolkit to help you create a life first business, visit www.theresilientbusinesstoolkit.com for free resources. And if you enjoyed this podcast, please share it with your friends. And don't forget to rate and review on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you next week.